we're so far removed from our actual selves. We're so influenced by like what we can have and what we can be and the things we can have access to from a young age, right? The money, the cars, the fame, we're so influenced by it because of people that we prop up in our society today are the people with that platform and the people with that power. We're not taught to value the self, to value like things outside of social constructs like power um, and platform, right? I think at some point we need to reframe it and say we need to have value within ourselves and within like the earth, like our true energy source, which at the end of the day is within all of us. When we recenter and we center like our thoughts and our minds and our soul and our body around like just your inner energy source, you begin to reveal to yourself the things that you truly believe are right and the things that you truly like can stand for and stand behind. What's up, everybody? Thank you for watching uh, Just F and Go podcast with me, Charlie Erravillar, and Sam Jimenez. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about some crazy stuff that's been happening throughout the week and other topics that have been on our mind. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's on everybody's mind, and we just need to kind of vent it out, talk about it, and see how we feel about it. Uh, Sam, what's going on with you, my man? Living life. Living a beautiful life, as always. Uh, it's been a good week. Got a lot of uh refreshing uh got a, a long hike in actually a lot longer than i imagined it was gonna be a few days ago um so feeling good feeling refreshed feeling feeling ready to rock dope brother yeah i got to go on a little uh made a picnic really it was like a picnic in like the backyard of my lady's parents backyard like not in their backyard but their backyard has a backyard oh shit but <laughs> yeah so it's been <laughs> It's been pretty cool, so just kind of kicking back. You got a backyard with a backyard? They got a backyard with a backyard? Who is it? Young Jeezy was like, kinda... my room's got room in it. It's like, that's a closet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, – I mean, we can't really get around this because it was such a, such a insane visual and thing that happened uh, with Beirut. And, um, I mean, that's just – with with everything that's going on right now with the pandemic and economic, you know, downfalls for certain things, that along with an explosion of catastrophic levels like that, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, I think uh, you know, as we've talked about it, you know, it's I think it's hard in the Western world to like wrap your head around like, you know, the the catastrophic like effect of what this means for uh lebanon lebanese people um you know i, I saw a couple graphics online sent them to to our group chat with like the what the damage would have been like in new york and london right um so it's extremely like it's uh it's a very sad moment i know we both wanted to kind of start with it just to express condolences um you know i think the last i checked numbers were like over a hundred um over a hundred dead over i think five thousand or eight thousand over five thousand injured and then three hundred thousand people left homeless after the blast which is a um you know very unfortunate thing so for me like the biggest thing is just condolences to everybody who's lost someone or who's lost like all of their possessions and belongings during this whole thing 
Yeah, possessions, belongings, and sense of security all around, right? Sense of security, whether it's, like, shelter, how am I going to get my food, but also, like, what is going on around me? I can't imagine the um, the mental stress that you're going through at this moment. Just everything. Everything that just seems to be crumbling around you if, you, if you've been going through that. And uh, I hope, you know, we are an international show now, but I, uh, I hope that uh, if there is happens to be anybody that does listen to the podcast over there or someone that knows someone out there um that they feel that they can talk to someone or reach out to other people to kind of help out like i honestly man if there was a way that i knew that i can help i would love to do that Uh, there's just so much right now that you're like do you donate to this organization do you donate to that organization does it actually go to those people i hope that we find a way that uh, with all the technology that we have, that we are able to find a way to directly affect people in need. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about, uh, they're already going through the impact of, you know, fighting off the current coronavirus pandemic. You know, also, I believe people, like a lot of Lebanese people, people in Lebanon have been, you know, protesting against like corruption in the government over the course of pretty much like the whole last year um you know a lot a lot of just economic you know downturn and turmoil and i think the 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 hardest part and like not the hardest part i think loss of life is always like the hardest thing to deal with but for the country and the people as a whole that have that did survive um and now have to rebuild it it's like this happened at the port right and like Beirut is a port city and you know Lebanon imports I read Lebanon imports 80% of like all consumed goods um into their country so anything that the country does consume 80% of it is imported um and to lose basically your port and your major city and I think uh the stat I read was at a 60% of all imported goods were imported into the port of Beirut. And now, you know, with the devastation of losing that port, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of further economic turmoil and just, you know, people have lost access to goods and food. And, you know, it's, uh, I think you're right, you know, with a lot of information out there, sometimes it's hard to sift through and find like the correct places to donate your, you know, whatever resources you may have to people um over there so you know it's uh it's a tough one right now um so speaking on that on information and uh just the abundance of it also going to the polarization of like sensationalizing news i think that's one thing that we wanted to talk about today too is just you know how um when you watch things on the news or you have different arguments going on sometimes they're pitted against each other when they have nothing to do with each other uh, sometimes there's a lot of clickbait that happens that makes you, and sometimes uh, with the clickbait, you don't even read the entire thing. Sometimes you don't even click on the article anymore. You just go off the headline and you're like, oh, yeah, and that's it. And you keep it going. I've been guilty of that before in the past. Um, and it's, it caused a lot of anxiety in me until I said, well, what, what actually happened? And then I start reading it and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, well, that makes sense or that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, that's an opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on on that so far? I think it's uh you know you see it with damn near all topics in 
popular culture are all like social issues, right? I think even in the case of like Lebanon and Beirut right now, there are people like, oh, right there are multiple different sides of like that thing, right? Of like the polarization of it. You have, I've seen one crowd that's like, oh, white people cared about like when the like Notre Dame was burning, but like you don't care about Lebanon, right? So you only care when it's centered around whiteness or, you know, a Eurocentric place or European place or Western place, right? Then you have another side that's like, you know, how can you care so much about what's going on in Beirut, but you don't care about like veterans here, you know? And it's like people are constantly putting together like horrible things, like horrible circumstances and like these very sad things that we all should care about as humans and pit them against each other as a way of like taking a political stance, right? And I think nothing improves until we can get past that where it's like we can, it's, it's possible for all humans to care about humans or to care about people that are going through you know uh horrific things in their life at these moments it's it's possible for me to care about you know uh mental health for veterans in this country while also caring about like the people that have lost homes and lives in beirut um and we're just at a place as society where it's like no you can only care about like one thing or else you're a republican or else you're you know a neoliberal or else you're whatever other you know political party or ideal or values you hold in this country i just think it's you know there's no nuance in that conversation you don't allow room for nuance and at the end of the day it strips us of our humanity in a lot of ways yeah there's there's definitely that i feel like i feel like we do somewhat i mean this is just uh me thinking out loud as usual uh, there's a little bit of a compartmentalizing that you have to do in in the sense that it's not impossible for you to think or, or to care and have empathy for multiple things at once. But I feel like sometimes uh, they're, like you were saying, they're pitted against each other. Like you can't care about, like caring about one means you're anti the other one. And, and that's not the case. You can say, yo, yes, you know, these things are super important to me. And then, hey, guess what? Life happens and this thing is also happening right now. And it doesn't mean that I need to abandon that and abandon this. It does mean that you can focus your energy into this. And then and then at that same day, say, all right, how do we also focus our energy into that? It doesn't mean like your whole life has to be dedicated to that the entire time. You have to be able to function while doing both. But it doesn't mean that they're going against each other or they shouldn't. Um, and I think, I, you know, that kind of goes for me um, with the idea here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this one real quick, just real quick the idea of gun control right the those topics of gun control um that for me goes with clickbait that goes with reading the headlines and that goes with thinking that you can only be one way about it and i think when i've talked to people both that have guns and then myself who who wants a gun but is also kind of weary about having a gun i feel like you could be pro-gun and at the same time be pro-gun control those topics aren't it's not like they're saying, yo, no guns, right? When you read some of the things that they're talking about, I think they think more rules, uh, more difficulty for people to have guns. And to me, that feels like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I want, if I am a gun owner, I want to be able to own my gun and feel uh, safe about it. And that there's crazy people, not crazy people, but there's people out there that are uh, a little bit more aggressive or violent or maybe have some sort of, I don't know, something that makes them a threat while having a gun. 
but it doesn't mean that I want people to not be able to have guns. It just means that, yo, I just want a little bit more of a difficulty so that they're not just out on the streets. And I think that sometimes we just think gun control because of the title. We're like, oh, you must be against guns or, you know. Yeah, that. a lot of the way it, a lot of the way it ends up playing out in the media and on social media as well is like you're either you're either pro gun or anti gun. Right. There's no like middle ground. Like you're either with us or against us. Um, and again, like I think it all comes down to like nuance and like the ability to have nuanced thoughts about things. The ability to say, like, I want to have this thing, but I realize that we need change around this thing, right? I think that is, like, <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, for me, what it comes down to is, like, media, right? Is like, the way media portrays it all, and then the people that only consume that type of media and so then their thought processes reflect that right i do think that there's a, a good amount of people and maybe even like a silent majority who do believe in like the nuanced conversation and like the ability to hold two opposing thoughts at the same time but understand them and be empathetic to them i think you hit it um on the head when you talked about empathy uh, you know, we can be empathetic to multiple situations at the same time. It doesn't have to exist in one world or the other. It doesn't have to, they don't have to independently exist <clears throat> apart from each other, you know? So I think a, a big part of it is just the overconsumption of sensationalized media and the way that these things are sensationalized um, in what we consume every day, but also like, I think we have to understand, we have to come to an understanding, in, especially in this country, not to say that it doesn't exist elsewhere in the world, but in this country, we have a two-party political system. And within that two-party political system, everything gets used as a weapon against the other party. And the only way for people to, the only way I think for those political parties to, that the way they, the only way that I think they think about it is that we have to make it look like our opponent is against this thing so we can please our constituents so that they say, okay, I'm a Democrat because I believe in these bullet point five to 10 things and all Democrats believe in that. Right. And then the Democrats will paint it as like the Republicans want to take away all of these five to 10 things. And then the Republicans play that same thing and to please their constituents. And at the end of the day, like I think there aren't enough people in this country that truly do talk about like the evils that that two-party political system create within our world and how they pit us against each other in this very very unhealthy way straight up dude um you know there was a couple of things you you talked about there that like i totally agree i think you know instead of for example even with this uh, election year that's coming up right you have these whole times, it's been Democrats fighting against Trump. Not necessarily, at least right now, right? It's how do we beat Trump as opposed to what are we going to do? And there has been obviously candidates that have said, this is what we do, this is what we're going to do. But that hasn't really won in the polls or whatever. Like what people want to see is how do you beat this guy? And uh, that seems to be what's selling on the news. Not necessarily what the majority of the world or the, the nation wants, but it's more what is selling on the news to keep it going. My boy said that he stopped watching CNN because that's like that's like a Trump thing it's like they talk more about trump than anything that's actually happening and so even though they're against him or whatever they're making all their shit from him so i'm like that's a that's a great point like it's really not spreading any any building it's just trying to destroy something and building themselves up from that 
you know so. just like we talked about just like we talked about last week you know mm-hmm. as you we were saying that i was thinking about it like just as you talked about last week i think when it comes to you know this current election year and this current election cycle i think so much of like the democrat the democrats priority has been how do we defeat trump how do we tear down trump how do we like do all of these things instead of figuring out like let me appeal to the, the things that our constituents actually want right how do not only for like democrats right because i think there's a lot of people within the democratic party that just care about beating trump right not even saying like the the politicians involved but also like the constituents i think a lot of constituents only care like as long as we beat trump nothing else matters right instead of like and then there's a large middle ground you know there's a a very very large middle ground in uh in this country right now that would rather have a politician appeal to the things that they actually want and that they actually care about instead of the politician just constantly talking about trump and i think like if the democrats truly wanted to like the desire is truly to defeat trump or to is it is a desire is it is the desire to defeat trump or to do what's best for the country right to do what's best for the people of the country right and i think right now there are so many people that are just like we just want to beat trump yeah once that happens the country's gonna fix itself and i'm like i don't know about that one yeah no that's super dangerous and i think a lot of a lot of americans feel that way where they just they have their super villain and they think that once they beat the super villain that's it. But I'm like, have you not watched the Avengers or any superhero movie? There's just another one that comes right after that. You know, you just have to wait for it or you don't even know it's hidden. It's it's your own partner or something like that. So, um, yeah. And, and I think part of the problem is that we're not having conversations because because those things are so polarized. You're either with me or against me to even question your own people would be like, oh, you must be on the other side. And I think that's why we, we're having a lot of problems, even with us when we talk about, when we want to talk about, what are we going to talk about this this topic, what these topics are? It gets a little scary, like, do I want to talk about that? Because, like, that might be a little bit too far out. You know, what if we, what if people don't really like that? Uh, and we start tiptoeing, and I think, I mean, I know that none of us... Because when Charlie's, because when Charlie's like, basically when Charlie's like, yeah, the earth is flat, and Mikey and I are like, I don't know about that one, Josh. And I'm like, no, just bear with me. Wait, get a coin, spin it. (laughs) I'm like, you got to watch this YouTube video. I'm telling you, the earth is flat. It's on YouTube. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What's funny that you say that is that, well, one, we we haven't had that conversation at all here, by the way. But I have had that conversation with friends, not about earth being flat, but just like, what like other conspiracy theories or you know things yeah. like that and i know i know that some of my really really close friends see me as someone who's like you know curious about different things and tackling different perspectives but i also do know that when i do hit them up on these topics i'm not sending you this to say that this is what i subscribe to and this is what i buy into but more like hey let's talk about this idea what do you guys think about these topics um but i know that i then get painted with the paintbrush of like this guy's a little crazy. He's going down the YouTube rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a tinfoil hat on. I don't know. Let me, uh, something. Do you believe that you're a free thinker? And if you do believe that you're a free thinker, or if you don't, what do you think? What does that term even mean to you, right? What does the term free thinker even mean to you? I've realized that I am easily influenced by my environment. And I, it sounds like a weak thing to say right? Because people are so fickle and everything else. But I recognize that 
you give me information, you follow with facts and a good um, convincing or with conviction, and you're telling me that this is what's going on. This was I'm not gonna say, wow, that is what's going on. I'd say, okay, you got a fair point. I'll I'll start considering and thinking about that, you know. But I'm not gonna be like, no, unless I know that there's facts against certain topics, and you know. So I want to say I'm a free thinker in the idea that I am malleable and understanding different topics or being able to uh, dive into different topics. But I do know that as who I am as a human, yo, I can be persuaded into certain things depending on the information that I'm given. So I don't know. I, I, I have an issue with certain besides math and even uh, until I start, you know, ad- advancing more and the knowledge that I have on that language of math. Um, I feel like, I mean, facts are can be factual off of like the sample size of experiences that people have had with these rules until something happens that changes that. And that's no longer a fact. Right. And we've seen in textbooks and in history books in the past that people have thought a certain way for a very long time. And it was a fact until it wasn't. And I mean, when we live in a world, in a universe where our reality is our reality on this planet. It doesn't mean that that is the reality for the entire universe. Then it's kind of hard for me to be like, this is it. There's no other way around it, except for maybe math. And even, yeah, and even that sometimes. No, I feel like, I don't know. It's it's a question that like uh, I've been thinking about lately because I, I consider myself to be fairly like free thinking. But I think even what you talk about is like free in thought, like the ability to sit there and listen to somebody else who may not have, um, who may not believe the same way that you do, but but has different information than you do. Like the ability to sit there and listen, I think to me is like a level of like being free thinking, right? Um, I think listening in general is like uh, a very like free thinking quality to have. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll run into people who would rather speak than listen. And they may speak very powerfully and it may may be filled with conviction. um, And they may be able to convince a whole lot of people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're always correct, right? Like charisma doesn't equal like, you know, I don't know, correctness. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. I think... It's just something I've been thinking about. And like, as I expand into like trying to meditate more um, and spend more time in like quietness and stillness, I think it keeps coming back to me. Like, you know, what does it truly mean to be free thinking? Can you ever be free, like fully free thinking when you're um, consuming more information that your brain can actually like process in a single moment or a single day or in a single week. Right. Um, I think for me, like, in order to truly be free thinking, what I keep coming back to is like, you have to give your, your, your mind, your brain space and time to process these, that the information that you take in, because, you know, I'm gonna get real spiritual for a second. I think that within all of us, we have like, we have the answers. We have all the answers that we can ever really need within us. It's just a matter of how do you tap into that? Like, and I don't think you can truly tap into that when, all, all that you do is consume information, you know? I think our world with a phone and a laptop, whatever it is, like we have more information at the like tips of our fingers and 
anybody in the history of you know time and so what do we do with that you can choose to consume and consume and consume and consume but do you truly process all of that information unless you sit with it and allow your brain to process it i don't know i guess that's today's hippie thought for the day (laughs) (laughs) i think that's real dude i think um you know because prior to reading stamp from the beginning i i was just not racist right that was just my label on myself i'm not racist and um but then when i read the book and i realized some of the origins after reading his perspective based on what has happened uh, and the information that he's gotten on the origins of racist ideas and then how that you not only cannot be not racist you have to be anti-racist you have to fight towards uh that equity in people um i realized that i have to take time with myself like you're saying meditating but i also have to know the origins of where did my programming come from you know and then once i know where my programming came from who wrote that programming and what their intention was with that programming then i need to fucking like isolate for a bit and just be like all right what has happened in my life how have i moved forward with my life with that programming and where do i want to go you know so i do agree with you that we all have this kind of like a self information in yourself and that we all kind of have the answers to ourselves and that we need to take a step back but i also think that we need to we need to be intelligent and wise into the selection of information that we choose to get before we go and meditate just to kind of like all right who are you what am i what started this, you know? Um, yeah. so, <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think that with all of that, what we see nowadays, like, again, like we have so much information at the tips of our fingers, right? Social media plays a huge part in that. And I think just like you were saying, like, you have to be able to kind of filter the information that you do take in, or at least look at that and with an unbiased view, it's like, where is this information coming from? Who influenced the person that put out this information? What is their background? And like, how do I, can I look at this information solely as information? Or, you know, do I have to process it in a different way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think social media makes that uh, really difficult. And this week was, uh, you know, I think the first time in the history of Donald Trump's social media, uh, social media what do i want to call it social media campaign and power movement that uh he experienced a uh, some censorship um as facebook and twitter moved uh posts from donald trump uh, that were claiming you know uh, certain statistics about coronavirus's impact on children and why schools should be reopened um and so I think it's an interesting time to be talking about like information and how do we process it? Uh, because the reality is, is that there's so much, there's so much information out there and no matter what side you're on that a lot of that, I don't know about a lot, but a good amount of that information is going to be incorrect. Right. When there's that much information out there, you know, you have to realize that some of it isn't going to be the most correct. And how do you filter through that? How do you sift through that and find, the reality behind a lot of these things um what are your thoughts on our uh, current president's 
censorship or just the use of social media as your place for information. Oh, man. So I feel like with um, let me go with the place of information first on being social media. I think it's it's a pretty great way to get information because, you know, you don't have to wait for a publisher. You don't have to wait for anything else. Uh, so anyone who has information in their background of what they do, they're able to put it out there, right? Like, let's say my area of quote unquote expertise with hair, I can put tips on how to do your own hair, how to cut hair, how to do this and that. I can do that. And anybody that wants to learn can learn it from social media, YouTube or something else. But uh, it also just leaves very little room for fact checking. You know what I mean? To fact check everything that's going on. So you can get the wrong uh, information from social media for sure. So I do think it's great, but I do think that there needs to be, uh, almost like a separate site. Like if you're going to say Facebook, right. And Facebook is where a lot of people get their information or Twitter, Instagram have like a, Hey, these are the news. You want to hear about the news. This is the news category in Facebook. You want to hear about opinions. This is the opinion category on Facebook or something else. I literally just thought about that right now. I think it's a genius idea if I do say so myself. But. <laughs> well, I think no, I think you're I think you're right in a lot of ways. Cause right, like if we look back at like the antiquated newspaper system, like you had those things. You had opinion columns, and you had like the front page news, and you had like the sports section, and the I don't know, and the auto section, and the cartoons, right? So you know where you need to go for whatever information you know you want to be exposed to. Um, and right now, it's just currently hard to figure that out on social media or on the internet in general it's just like there's there's so much out there man there's so much out there president trump said uh if you look at children children are almost and i would almost say definitely (laughs) (laughs) sometimes reading is sometimes reading is like the the words that he says i'm like how do you even speak this way 67 percent of the time it works every time (laughs) (laughs) if you look at children Children are almost, and I would almost say definitely, but almost immune from this disease. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you even? How do you even take that in? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, ahead. that's a great political way of just talking, right? Like, <laughs> just go and hit every topic on there. I mean, so two things on that. On the censorship of Trump, I don't see him as being censored as Trump, the individual. Because you, you quit being an individual when you become the president, right? Uh, and so you can't have an opinion as a president. You have to have a fact as a president because you are representing uh, something with great ethos that people are looking to you for confidence because you are the leader of the country, right? Of one of the most powerful countries on the planet. So you can't have little cute opinions on these topics. I'm sorry, bro. You kind of you gave that up when you got elected. And uh I think it's important that Twitter, Facebook, and and other social media platforms can censor or at least fact check when there's someone with high ethos like that putting fake shit out there. Uh, As for individuals, if if it's like a random citizen um, with not as much ethos as a president of the United States or isn't being co-signed by the president of the United States, then I think go ahead and say what you want to say, bro. It's up to people to make their opinion on on whatever they want to side with you and you have a, a negative view on things and that's on them, you know, that's freedom of speech. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't have a problem with political entities being checked and saying, yo, 
what you're saying is wrong. I feel like that's our duty as citizens to check the government when they're crossing the line. And in this situation, I think he's putting lives in danger uh, by saying things that are inaccurate. Now, what I read on on whatever he meant by almost definitely immune, almost, uh, like I was doing the math on the numbers of how many kids I think it's globally have had uh, have been affected by or infected by coronavirus, and it was like two hundred forty thousand, and of those, it's three hundred, and of those three uh, three hundred that uh, develop another disease from that, an inflammatory disease. And of those 300, six of them have passed away, right? So it's a small percentage in that scale that we know of that have gotten tested, that have been documented as tested. So I guess, like, you can't say it cures it or that it's unaffected because of that, right? It's a very small percentage. Um, but when you say that it's, well, they're, you know, immune to this shit that's false that's incorrect and and they can still transfer that to other people and people yeah. that are affected by this thing so you can't say any of yeah, that that they're almost you know? definitely almost kind of definitely almost immune it's like yeah because there's people out there that will buy oh, yeah. into that and be like yeah. oh kids go You're out almost come definitely back almost in, immune. You know? uh, <laughs> i just think yeah i don't know i mean to me censorship in general like i have a hard time with because to me it's always like you know When it comes to censoring people's opinions and thoughts, it's always hard for me to like wrap my head around, you know, where does it, where does it end and where does it stop? And how can, how do we decide what is incorrect as an opinion, right? Um, because I think in general, there's censorship going on in social media when it comes to people's opinions, right? And it's difficult to wrap my head around sometimes, like, where does it end? Because if we, if, if we begin to censor people's opinions now, you know, what does it look like in three years, in five years, in 10 years? And are we allowed to share any opinions on social media? I know that maybe thinking about it as, like, you know, extremely, like, dramatic or sensationalized. But it's something that I like. I, I don't know if I like have the correct answer in my head. And sometimes when I don't have the correct answer in my head, I don't even want to talk about like whether it's right or wrong because to me, I'm like, I don't even know. Um, and I, I think it, you know, something we've seen on social media over the course of the last week is like the the development of like hashtag Save the Children, right? Um, and I know there are people that have expressed like that, like their posts when it comes to like saving the children in the topic of like pedophilia and um, like large scale sex rings and child sex rings. I know a lot of people have felt like they've been censored when they try to put information out there. Right. And so to me, I'm like, damn, man, like, I don't know. I don't know where it ends. Um, and it's, you know, going back to something we were talking about earlier, uh, it's like oftentimes these things are hyper politicized and it's like oh because you care about saving the children it doesn't it means that you don't care about black lives because you view things as one way or and i view them as a different way um i know we've both had like concerns about even speaking about this topic because it's 
it's crazy. It's crazy when you look into all of it. And it's crazy when you uh, start to read some of the, the, the some of the documentation that is out there about a lot of these things when it comes to like these larger child sex rings that Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein Island had going on, Jelaine Maxwell had going on or was contributing to um, and the amount of like child abuse and pedophilia that happens at high levels, not just within the government, but within like different aspects of uh, our everyday life here within like the entertainment industry. Right. Um, But it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And I think that people need to come to the realization that this is a real thing that is happening and it deserves uh, attention. And just because, you know, you talk about that doesn't mean that like you think that other things don't exist right um it's a heavy one it's a heavy one what do you think Bam. um yeah man i feel like that shit is so heavy <laughs> it, it it is hard to talk about for um for me for two different things well, one not knowing not knowing all the facts right um not wanting to continue to spread uh, misinformation if there is misinformation in there, because I'm pretty sure there will be, right? Or just information that we don't know about yet, hasn't been verified yet, you know? So the way that I kind of handle that is, okay, I know that there's human trafficking happening. I know that there's human trafficking of children happening. I know that it's a global issue and it's a male issue, number one, and obviously females as well, right? Like it's, it's, it's a human issue that we're having. Uh, but it seems like it's predominantly driven by males. And so there's also people that have been uh, mentioned in documents, not just hearsay, right? There's a lot of people that are mentioned in, in hearsay of saying, oh, this person, that person, this person, that person. And um, I mean, until there's proof, I can't be like, yep, that person too, that person too. But I do know that if they're tied in, oh man, how did you not see that happening? Or, you know, whatever. So I take it like, People got into power by doing certain things. Um, you know, people stay in power by doing certain things. And I think there's a lot of people in power that are capable of doing some heinous ass shit. I don't know which ones did. I don't know which ones turned a blind eye to it. But they did it. And um, I don't think that... I mean, I, I'll do this. I'll take the hashtags out. I'll take the other stuff out. You know what I mean? The uh, things that might be too leaning to one way or another way when it comes to politics. But I will say, give me the meat of it. Like, what is the topic? The topic is sex trafficking, human trafficking. Like, okay, are you against that? Absolutely. So let's go and fight that. Let's go and tackle that. Whoever, who was it? Like Malcolm, right? Who said, I'm, I'm for truth no matter who says it, right? That's what I'm for. Yo, did you do something that was foul? All right, I'm, I, I ain't fucking with you. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make sure that you, you know, uh, get the consequences for, for this situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, because those things become politicized too, right? Now it's like, oh, it's it's Hillary Clinton and the Clintons. Or no, it's Trump. It's this. It's, man, if it's both of them, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's somebody else that, that I look up to, I don't care, bro. I guess I don't look up to you anymore. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the hard part is like realizing that... Uh... That sometimes what you think you know isn't actually actually what you know, and sometimes the people that you think are 
good people and quality people, you know, may not necessarily be so or may or have done things that may not necessarily be that, right? Um and in regards to like human trafficking and like pedophilia and stuff like that, to me, like you can make a lot of mistakes in this world. And you can do a lot of things that I think you can be forgiven for, you can, you know, uh deserve redemption for or be able to redeem yourself for not necessarily deserve but be able to redeem yourself and to come back from uh human trafficking and pedophilia i don't know about that one man it's not to me it's like I, I i draw the line somewhere and i'll even say this man i think and I, like i'm 100 percent stand behind this I think you come back from being a racist. You can redeem yourself from being a racist. You like you don't have to always hold those ideals, right? Um, but pedophilia, like that's 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 what's where I draw the line. Um, and so this whole thing, and you know, uh, even before like being a father, like I don't know, man, the harp. The, it's it's when you read a lot of like the details of of. It's horrifying. It's horrifying, and it is uh, leaves me speechless sometimes, like right now. But yeah, and you know the thing that sucks is that these things have been happening for a long time. You know what I mean? In the entertainment industry and a lot of things, and we've known about it before Epstein. It's not like we didn't. You know, it's not like this was unheard of before that. You hear about the child stars a long time ago. You hear about Charlie Chaplin. You hear about this and that. Um, shit, you hear about it even in. And shit where, what was it, like uh, some VH1 things where Usher or Lil Wayne lost their virginity super young and all that. It, it isn't just happening to, to women. It's, it's not about that. It's about children yeah. that don't have a voice, don't have any representation, don't have any way to defend themselves and are being manipulated to do something that they have no conscience on. Too. You know yeah. what I mean? What's going on? So that's taking advantage of, of an innocent person. And uh, when you're... When you're exploiting somebody innocent like that and uh, taking advantage of them and then not even, I mean, I don't even know what happens afterwards. Like, just fucking leave them out. You know what I mean? Like, nothing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, don't know, I feel like this is one of the, the, the few times, like, we're both kind of left in, like, uh, like, <sighs> what do you even say to it? You know, what do you even... And I think when you were talking about, like, we know this stuff has been going on, I look at it as, like, this deserves this deserves to be talked about. Like, we need to talk about this thing, right? Like, we need to figure out how the fuck we can combat this, right? Because, I don't know, what was it, a year ago? A year and a half ago? When, uh, maybe two years ago? It has to be, like, a year ago. When, you know, the... Uh, r kelly docuseries dropped right mm -hmm. and everybody talked about it man everybody mm -hmm. got behind it. it was like r kelly's canceled r kelly needs to be canceled mm -hmm. r kelly like it got all the attention in the world mm -hmm. um especially amongst like black and brown communities but this one which is even like not to minimize like any any experience right not to minimize any experience but this is like large-scale shit yeah and it's 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 going it's not necessarily being swept under the rug but it's going unnoticed by a lot of people um 
and I think even especially within like black and brown communities, people aren't even like aware of some of these things. Or they're so aware of it, of of this shit just being regular fucking life now. Where it's like, these things have been, we've been ringing the alarms on these things. Our kids have gone missing and no one fucking looks for them. Um, I know when I lived in Juarez, uh, that was back in 2007, you know, there was about 300 women killed in like a year or so. Um, and we just kept on wondering, like, what is happening to all these women? Where are these mass graves coming from? Like, who's doing this? And we, we had different ideas. It was this military branch or this person. It was some dude from, they, there was even rumors of some dude from Egypt, uh, all these things. And as I'm seeing that, like, Epstein had a spot in New Mexico. And from what I hear, too, the former president of Mexico's, like, two former presidents, three former presidents of Mexico's, their son was involved with Epstein a couple things. I'm like, oh, it could have easily been going because he got caught up for, um, like, sex trafficking in 2008. And that was in 2007 yeah. when this shit was happening. So I'm like, there could have easily been these whole things happening everywhere. It's not like people didn't know about it, but yeah. people were being silenced. And I think it's... the reason – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you finish. Finish your thought. I think that why it was able to happen for so long and why people didn't talk about it as much is because it was happening from people in power. And people in power that people without power wanted to get into with, right? So you have the Harvey Weinsteins, you have the Charlie Chaplins, you have all those people that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I think if you're an impressionable young person and you're trying to get your foot in the door, they tell you, you know, when you're growing up, hey, there's going to be some things you're going to have to do, you know what I mean, to get up in here. And, and, you know, you might not agree with it, but you're probably like, oh, shit, this is what everybody's doing. And I got to do this to get on. I think a lot of people fell victim to that. You know, um, no excuse for it, but I think that is probably what happens. Same thing when it comes to politics, same thing when it comes to businesses. Peer pressure, I guess. I just don't know how much of a peer pressure you have to do, you have to go through in order to fucking throw away all your values, all your morals, and all your shit. Sell your soul, man. Some people yeah. will sell it, but I think what happens, honestly, honestly, I think the way that it happens is that I'm going to get real spiritual and hippie again here. I think what happens is that we're so far removed from our actual selves as humans. We're so far removed from, like, understanding ourselves as, like, mind, body, and soul, right? We're so influenced by, like, what we can have and what we can be and the things we can have access to from a young age, right? the money, the cars, the fame, the whatever it is, right? The social standing, we're so influenced by it because the people that we prop up in our society today are the people with that platform and the people with that power that we lose ourselves, right? We're not taught to value the self, to value like things outside of social constructs like power um, and platform, right? I think at some point we need to reframe it and say we need to have value within ourselves and within like the earth and nature and being connected to like, damn, I'm getting hell hippie. Like our true hey, energy going, source, going. like our true energy source, which at the end of the day is within all of us. And when we, when we, when we center, like when we recenter and we center like our thoughts and our minds and our soul and our body around, like just, your inner energy source, you begin to reveal to yourself the things that you truly believe are right 
from the things that you truly like can stand for and stand behind. Um, and we just as a society are so far removed from that. We don't teach it. We don't teach focus. We don't teach, um, we don't teach like the, like we don't teach meditation. We don't teach um, empathy so that everything is influenced by the outside world. So then when everything is influenced by the outside world, you become so easily influenced because you don't, you're so far removed from yourself. You don't even know yourself. You don't know your own thoughts and your own mind because you haven't spent enough time with it. Um, and I think, I don't know if, if there's a way to prevent it. It's just teaching young people to not desire the outside world, right? Not desire things of this world. Damn, it's like hella religious too. Now. That's uh, not, Romans 12 too. <laughs> yeah, what, it, what is it? I think it's not be confirmed by the, uh, I know it in Spanish. Um, Say it by, in Spanish. Subtitles right now. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> All right, so uh, Romans 12.2 or Romanos 12.2, it says, No conforméis a este siglo, sino transformados por medio de la renovación de nuestro entendimiento para que comprobéis cuál sea la buena voluntad de Dios, agradable y perfecta. Yeah, it's like be renovated by the, uh, don't be confirmed to the world. Like, don't don't feel like you have to please this world, but be transformed by the, the renovation of your mind. And um, just kind of being closer to yourself and closer to God. But yeah, don't, don't you're not of this world. You're not, don't worry about these things and these things pleasing you. So, um, yeah, man, I feel like everything you were saying is 100% correct. And I started feeling that way once the pandemic happened where I had to shut everything down. Where, like, all the shoes that I bought, I got these new KDs, I got these things, I got, yeah. you know what I mean? All that shit didn't matter. Where am I going to wear that to? You know? Um, I, got, I got money in my retirement account, but I'm like, well, if I can't even touch that or if I can't do this or that, what the fuck am I going to use that for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I started, I feel like I was chasing things. I was chasing a lifestyle. I was chasing a goal. And it wasn't until I had to put all that on pause that I realized that I already had everything that I was trying to go for. I had family. I had health. I had, that's it? <laughs> a shelter? That's all I needed. Yeah. And um, and I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier about are you a free thinker or not? And you're not, or I'm not, if I'm easily influenced by what's going on because I'm chasing that lifestyle. I'm being told what I need to think, what I need to think. And it's not like until I decided to say, go and be within yourself and live and go through your experience of life and then find out who are you? What is it that matters to you? And as we're talking about getting to like understand yourself and understanding the things that you truly believe in and stand behind in your own values and morals, you know, I think it's, one thing that I often hear people say or like try to influence people with is like focus. Like, oh, you just need to focus on the task, focus on the work, focus, you know, focus your energy, focus whatever, right? I think a lot of people use focus as a, a word um, to, to motivate people, right? But I think this is my opinion on like focus is that a lot of people will tell you to focus but won't teach you how to focus. To me, I believe that like focus is a practice. Focus is like, you don't, like we're so influenced in this world by so many things that it's hard to, it's hard to focus, you know, like everything is instant gratification in the society that we live in today. So it's hard to focus when like you have your phone, you have your TV, you have your laptop, you have so many things going on in the world. How do you even focus your energy to begin with when everybody's telling you all you need to do is focus. If you want to do this, you just got to focus. 
And truth be told, like a lot of people aren't taught that. A lot of people aren't taught how to focus or what that even means. Um, and so for me, like, you know, the thing that I come back to when I talk about this is like, spend time with yourself, spend time with your thoughts. It's not going to be easy. Meditation isn't easy. And I'm not saying that meditation only comes in one form, but you need to be able to like relax your mind, relax your brain. Because at the end of the day, it's a muscle. And just like any muscle, when it comes to like fitness, you do the work to exhaust that muscle. To experience growth, you exhaust it. You work it out until you exhaust that muscle and then you allow it to rest. And the growth comes in that rest time. So similar to as we were talking about like, um, rest and meditation before i think the brain works that way the brain i don't have the science behind it sure actually you could probably find it but you know the brain is a muscle so when you're inputting that information and in, that's an exercise you're exercising your brain you're allowing it to intake new information you're working it out but at the end of the day you have to allow it rest in order for it to truly um, grow in order for you to truly grow with those thoughts um, so I think focus is something that's just people say, but don't teach. Um, you have, uh, do you have something that works for you, Charlie? Uh, you know what? It's something not, not necessarily that, hmm, how do I say it? I just kind of learned or have been learning how to focus. That's been my thing. And I do it just from reading hella books and, uh, you know, success leaves a footprint. Right. And so, um, I've been doing that by just seeing what other people have done and mostly I guess it came from discipline for me, right? It came from discipline for me because I was a very undisciplined person until I took some classes, uh, for, um, with acting is where I started. I was part of the, uh, Meisner technique and the Meisner technique requires a lot of discipline and, um, focus on listening really. And the discipline part of it was super intriguing to me. And they, they, put me up on the game i mean on the book of uh how to be a highly effective person uh or seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey and so from there i it changed my paradigm i'm like oh acting isn't just freaking oh hello you know what i mean like there's a technique and method to these things and great actors are freaking focused and dedicated on these things from there when i did the fire academy that taught me actual discipline dedication hard work and everything like it put those things together and then from from reading successful stories of people it it got me to find out what the formula is to success i guess or to hard work and um i guess sticking with your goal and then that in turn taught me that you have to be focused on those goals you have to kind of have the vision the dedication and then you have to remember to stick to that, not just not just on the dedication of doing the work, but also why you're doing the work. And that's what creates my focus is just knowing my why on what I'm doing and why I want to do it. But I don't really have a set technique. No one's really taught me how to focus yet. So that's the next thing to learn. You know, last week we talked about you know our own kind of journeys. And once we did get started, we talked about, you know, the path that we took within our industries or within life even right because we both had certain things that we did before um you know um in talking about our journeys after you know getting started we didn't really i guess even though we talked about self-doubt and um imposter syndrome 
I guess we didn't end up talking too much about like how to literally get started. I know, you know, for me, and we've talked about this to me, I always tell people like, if you want it to do something, if you want to get started at something, just do it. Like, right. You just, it's simple. Just get out of your head and just do it. Um, but I know that's not always like the most helpful information because different people, you know, react to things differently. Uh, can you talk about your, your process of getting started and, you know, getting out of your own way? Yeah, I'll take it back to when the first time I started my, my own business was I was 20, 21. And I started a um, kind of a flower shop with this uh, ex-girlfriend of mine. And the way that that started was prior to doing that, I was working at Texas Roadhouse and I was a host. I wasn't really doing too much. I was just kind of greeting people and doing all that. Quit that job and I started working for... You know those dudes that sell like dare backpacks and shit in front of food mags? Yeah. Uh, so I started doing that, right? Because uh, my girl at the time, she was like, oh, I want to do this. It's 100% commission. And you're kind of going door to door at times, but you're there and you're talking to people. And I sucked ass, bro. Like I was horrible at it. I just couldn't feel right. You know what I mean? I knew that 5% goes to donations and they, the rest of the company keeps the rest of it. And it didn't sit right with me. But besides that, like, it was a tough-ass job. It was just freaking going and um, getting rejected. It was constant rejection. There was times where I would, I would go at the end of the day because I made no money. I would cry in the car, and I'm like, why am I putting myself through this insane amount of rejection and just people just ignoring you? And so I decided, well, if I can't, because I, I started doing better, and then I was like, if I could put myself out there to be rejected for this company that I don't believe in, to sell a product that I don't believe in and that the things that they're selling to people aren't actually going to what they say is going to go to people, then why don't I do it for myself? So then I said, all right, well, you've been rejected for others. Get rejected for what you believe in and for what, what you do. So then um, I used that same thing. We got flowers. We sold flowers in on Valentine's Day. Instead of celebrating Valentine's Day, we sold flowers on Valentine's Day, made enough money to, uh, to get to... Uh, to buy a trip for Disneyland for a weekend. And I was like, well, this shit was crazy. Like I've never made that much money that quickly. So then I was like, well, let's just make a business. And then I asked people about it. Like, oh, you got to get a business license. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I was just, I felt so defeated at that point. Like I don't have a license for this. I never went to school for business or anything. So I just fucking went to city hall and I asked and I was like, all right, well, how do I get a business license? And they were like, oh, you just pay. 20 bucks or 80 bucks at that point. I can't remember how much it was at that time. And I was like, that's it. And it was like, that's it. And that was the way that I started. I just realized it was that easy to just get started. And then from that permit, you just do the next permit and the next permit. But I, what that taught me was basically just kind of go and that you might not know what you're going to get into, but you just do it. And since then, when I started other ventures in life, when I get overwhelmed by what it is, I remind myself of, Yo, it's really not that hard. You just kind of have to start taking the first step to do it. And if you're willing to get rejected by other people, for other people, get rejected for yourself and what you want to do. And um, I think back on those moments because now I still get overwhelmed. I still feel like, like we talked about the imposter syndrome and about um, just taking too much and how are people going to look at you. And then I just, really what I just go back to is just what's step one. So for those people where, where you think, that the just effing go is not helpful enough, then 
ask yourself, okay, what's step one? My, my, my wife tells me that all the time. All right, what's the first step you got to do? Okay, well, I guess I got to go online and Google where to get this material, or I got to go and find out, is this thing already out there? Or not even, just, I don't know, whatever example you want, but take the very first step. If that's just going to City Hall and seeing is this possible to do, or just Googling this and Amazon and seeing that there's products that you can sell or whatever, I don't know what you want to do, man. If it's barber school, sign up for barber school. What is the first day of barber school? You know what I mean? How do you enroll? Boom, that's the first step. And then you take the next step. What is it, Will Smith that says that you can't build a wall by building a wall? You have to do one brick at a time. Just put one brick in, and it gets even better. If you want to work out, do one push-up, <laughs> and then do two, sure. and then do three, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's it, man. It's really difficult because of your brain's barrier that you put on yourself, your ego, your pride, and your self-defeatingness. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. that's the hardest part. You are the most difficult part of it. You believing in yourself that you can do it. It is the most difficult part. So just start by believing in yourself saying, I'm going to at least try this until I fail. And then you go. And then when you fail, you keep going. No, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, something I always come back to is like the most important step in any journey is the first step. Yeah. And I think we, we have this, uh, I guess uh, we have an ongoing joke every time we like look at like how many people have listened or downloaded the podcast, right? It's like uh, halfway to a million, right? Like it can't get to 1 million unless you can get to one. You can't get to 1 million unless you get to a hundred, right? So everything at the, at the end of the day, everything is just another step. Um, but you can't take those steps until you take the first one. Um, and I think for me, like an important aspect of getting started is, looking auditing your auditing what you have around you who you have around you the environments you're in and taking a real hard look at it and saying can i push myself or can i thrive in this environment or around these people and i'm not saying that you have to completely change up your like circle but i think you have to take a hard look at the people around you and say you know am, am i stuck in a situation where everybody around me is stagnant because if you are you know, uh, I forget who says a quote, but it's like, you know, if you hang around it's something like if you hang around five smart people, then you're going to be the six or whatever. Right. You know, if you hang around, you know, five lazy people, then you're going to be the, the six lazy person. Right. So you are the people that you surround yourselves with. And so to me, an important aspect of getting started is really auditing, you know, the, the energy that you keep around you. Um, and looking at it and being like, can I be inspired by this person? Can I be inspired in this house, in this, at this school, right? Not to say that it's always about external things. At the end of the day, you have to be accountable and you have to do it yourself. But, you know, if you want, like, it's like a cheat code, surround yourself by motivated people. You know? and, and when you're in that energy, when you're around other motivated people, you're, it's only a matter of time before you really pick it up and you're like, all right. This is how it happened. I didn't know how people did it before, but I'm now I'm, I'm around, you know, these three people that are constantly going and constantly motivated and constantly positive. And I, I'm watching them and I see it. I get it now. It's going to click at some point, right? Um, at the end of the day, there's no real cheat code. In order to get anything you want in this life, you got to work for it somehow. You know, and that's not saying material things. That's in general. If you want peace within yourself, 
you got to work for it. It's a, it's, it's something you, you do. If you want to be in physically good shape, if you want to be able to run a mile, you got to work at it. I always say like, you don't get better at shooting free throws by not shooting free throws. If you want to get better at shooting free throws, you got to go out and do it. You can read a book on it. You can watch people do it all day, but at, at the end of the day, if you don't do it, it ain't, you ain't going to be good at it. So, you know, there's no true cheat codes, but I think that's an important one that I found is just surrounding yourself by the right people, the people that are constantly going and constantly motivated and, and seeing the way they do it and pulling from that. Absolutely right, man. I completely, completely hundred percent agree with you on that. And one thing to add to that, um, for example, my best friend, Suge, he's a, he's a music video producer. Now he used to be a director and, um, him and I always talk to each other about that. Right. And we're always like, uh, you know, you got to surround yourself with the right crew. You got to do this. And we don't see each other as often. We talk regularly. However, there are times that we don't talk. There's times that we're like, hey, I'm on a different page right now, brother. Like, you know, I'm going this way. You're heading this way. And we have an issue between ourselves. He likes to procrastinate and I like to talk. And so sometimes he'll use me for to fuel his procrastination and I'll use his ear to fuel my talkativeness, right? Until, like, even the other day, we had a, a recent, uh, we were talking about, like, the situation that's happening, whether EDD, PPP, all that other stuff, right? And, you know, sometimes we bump heads, and I realize, yo, if we're not helping each other, if if I'm wasting my time talking, and you're just procrastinating, then we can't, right now, we're going we're gonna to have to call this communication quit, you know what I mean? Because we're not benefiting from each other, and I'm either dragging you down, or you're dragging me down. And... It's not a, I think that you have to surround yourself with people that you are going to succeed with or that are going towards the goals that you want. And I think you do have to, you know, remove yourself from people who are going down a different path. But that doesn't mean that you cut those people off for the rest of your life. When you have other people that are like-minded, that recognize that power, that dynamic of who you're surrounding yourself with, you can say, hey, you know what? We are on different pages right now. I'm going to get back to you in a minute. Or we're going to have to limit some of our conversation because I love you as a friend. I love you dearly. But I'm going to focus on this right now. And we've been able to get that relationship together to say, all right, dog, I'm going to go real quick. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch base again once we've hit that goal that we've accomplished. And then we go back. And so that's been a very helpful thing for me and, and his friendship because then it kind of becomes a competition of are you holding yourself accountable? You know what I mean? And we check back in on each other with like, yo, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. We're like solid, this and that. And we support each other. What we don't want to do is bring each other down. Uh, and sometimes that means that we need to let each other down to be able to support each other. Like I need to not talk to you because I'm wasting your time right now. So go ahead and do your thing. That's beautiful. I never really thought about it like that, but that's beautiful because, like, I have, I have, like, really, really, really good friends that, you know, I won't talk to for months. You know, Mikey's that way. Like, before we started doing the podcast every week, like, Mikey's one of my best friends. Um, but even before we started doing the podcast stuff together, there would be times where we won't, won't talk for a couple months. Uh, but we'll always, like, check in with each other, make sure each other doing well, make sure each other's, like, prospering, you know, like, on the right path. Uh, and you know, when you do end up linking back up or, you know, there's no, like, you don't have a bruised ego about it. Like, you know, you're out there doing what you got to do. We're all like adults at this point. You're out there doing what you got to do, doing the best for yourself, making the, the most out of your situation. And then you come back and you pick it up where, right where it left off, like with that love. So like, I, I do, I do enjoy hearing that. Um, 
because I think it is it is it is a reality of a lot of situations. Sometimes you got to take a break from people to get the most out of yourself. I was talking about this with my homie yesterday, my homie Taryn. Um, we were talking about it's like the old saying: absence makes a heart grow fonder, right? Um, so even with people, like I think in society currently, especially within the big cities, like we're all stacked on top of each other, and so like we live in such close proximity with people that you're bound to come across multiple different energies a day, multiple different people. And when you do that, like you put yourself in a situation where you're influenced by other people's energy. Right. But when you remove yourself from that situation for a time being, and you're more at peace with yourself, you can come back and appreciate that interaction more because you removed yourself from it. Um, meanwhile, like, and it happens with relationships, right. With, uh, when you're with somebody every day, it's easy to take that for granted. And then when you remove yourself from it, you come back to it and you're like, yeah, yeah like I, I miss this. This is a piece for me. And, you know, um, that's, uh, that is, I like it. It's beautiful. Thank you, brother. It took work. It wasn't always like that. There was definitely times where we we're just like, you know, the first few times when we were younger, we, we didn't talk for like nine months or so. And then, uh, there was really no apology when we first got back. When we first linked up, it was more like a, we know what happened, you know? And then and then we just started becoming vulnerable with ourselves, to be honest. we uh, There was a time, I mean, growing up, you know, you, you clown on each other, right? You roast each other, and sometimes you start going a little too hard. And he actually brought it to my attention where he was like, he said a couple of things at first. Like, you know, one, that, that whole thing with friends like you who needs enemies, right? Just because verbally, I can be a little aggressive sometimes. And, um... And I, I realize that I treat people that are super close to me the way that I treat myself. And sometimes I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big ass bully to myself. And I feel like if I, if I love you and I start treating you that way, it's because I want you to go up. And that's not necessarily how people react well to shit, right? People don't like that. And I taught myself to kind of start caring for myself. But he, he brought that to my attention a couple of times. And then he also uh, made me realize that, yo, we're friends. Like, we are friends we should be lifting each other up the whole time instead of constantly jabbing each other, whether it's for motivation or not. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I should, I could find a different way to motivate you without kind of harping on you. And yeah. um, so it, it's taken, you know, years since we were, we met senior year of high school, actually. Um, so we're just, you know, we're friends. He's my brother. Yeah, so. no, I, I believe it, man, because... I think that's just a coming of age thing too, man. I think it's a coming of age where like when you're young and from certain environments, you deal with like your trauma or your pain sometimes just by like roasting others or by, by like, you know, um, not necessarily purposefully putting people down, but just when you're in it, you're just like, you know, you roast people to roast people. And that's just a part of like the bonding experience, I guess, at a young age. But then at some point, I think you just kind of have to grow go past it and, like, uplift all the people that you really care around you, care about around you. And I think that's very much like a coming-of-age thing. But um, I think, you know, it's the most important aspect of it is just, like, maintaining those healthy relationships, being able to take a look at, like, the things that you do wrong, the things that may you may not enjoy from other people, and, like, expressing those things feeling like you can freely express that um you don't have to shut yourself down but you can also openly communicate with other people about like how they want to be treated and how you know uh how you interact within a relationship it's funny we're kind of getting away from the like initial topic of like uh 
you know, getting getting started. But I think that's it's it's all it all plays into it, just like the people you keep around you and how you treat those people, how they treat you. You know, the energy, the energy you find to build off of and what's beneficial for you and what's not. And I've come to a realization in like the past little while that outside of, you know, there's a few. There's a few true evils, I think, in this world. Right. And I think that's the case with people. Even there's only a, a, a small amount of people that I would consider like, all right, that's truly like a, a person that, you know whether it's chemical imbalance or whatever that like has evil in their heart. And then the rest of it is just perspective. You know, it's just perspective. Somebody may wrong you and you may feel like very slighted by that. But at the end of the day, they may, they may view it as like they were right in that situation. And so like, I think it's important to look at perspective and like, all right, like this person, I may not feel like this person is a quote unquote good person, but that just means that's not a, the right person for me to surround myself with. They may be the right person for other people to surround themselves with. But for me, that's not, that's not me. It's not the energy that I need to be around. And, and I can accept that as what it is. Yeah. I think that's a pretty uh, solid uh, answer on, <laughs> and it's funny because I feel like, like you were saying, we didn't know where that topic was going to be and how to get started. But I think, honestly, that's the truth is how is your state of mind and how's your circle? You know what I mean? Before you even get started, it was like check yourself, your circle, and what you want to do. So, The most important thing for people to remember is at the end of the day, you know, we're all accountable for the decisions we make. And we all, you know, have to do the things that are at the day best for us and best for the people that we care about the most. And so, you know, the, the most important thing for me to express to people in terms of like how to get started on your own journey is just don't look at it as like just for yourself. Look at the people around you and, and say, you know what? I finally got to get out of my own way to step into my own greatness. Um, and I think that once you realize that, you know, the, the sky's the limit for, for anybody, you know, and then you're only limited by your own brain power. So, for anybody out there that is struggling or you know curious and how to how to do anything whether it's starting a podcast or uh getting super buff or saving a lot of money or you know getting into a new career the most important step is the first step um so audit the people you're around audit your situations be cognizant and aware of like the information you take in and your own peace in which you're able to get done and and move forward with uh, the purest intentions and what you want to do because uh, at the end of the day you know you only have that one life to live and you don't want to look back on it uh with major regrets of what you could have should have would have done charlie anything to add to that no nah, man that's uh summed it all up thank you but yep that's it all right y'all don't forget this week um just click subscribe Follow the podcast on Instagram at Just F and Go Podcast on Instagram. We're on all platforms, all major platforms, at least Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Tune in, and we will see y'all next week, y'all.